Bailey and Harper, episode 87. Still rocking and rolling in the wide receiver range. We're good to be back here on what is today? A Wednesday morning. Kyle Bailey, Roman Harper. I'm just telling you, my 87 is Moose Muhammad. Moose Muhammad. That's I'm just going straight to it. Shout out Moose. One of my favorite people in the world. Moose Muhammad, 87. It's personal for me. That one's easy. You know what? I'm not mad at that. Uh, mine's a little bit more personal, too. Oh, oh, what you got? Oh, I'm, Can I guess who you're going with? Can I just can, can we play that game one time? Okay. Joe Horn. Oh. Joe is not on my list. No, I, really? I love Joe. Okay. I just saw Joe yesterday. Did you oh. really? Yeah, our son's playing the same flag football team. That's hilarious. His son is a quarterback, and Joe is fucking hilarious. The way he, like, <laughs> coaches him up all the time. His son, Jace, is like, he's always coaching him up, like, our coach, Christian, I'm friends with him. That's why I was like, here, you can just take my son. You can be the coach because I'm not going to be in any games because I'm going every Saturday. Right. And so, you know, I just want Roman to get some, you know, get some love. Like, see, like some like good play. quality coaching that, while you're gone. That's it. All right. At least be with a guy that I know. You know what I mean? That knows his stuff, too. Well, yeah. I mean, he's not a football guy, but, like, he knows football. And he's a big fan of football. So, he, like, does well. And he's got three older boys. Um Christian, I'm talking oh, about. Oh, okay. I got you. Joe's not the coach. Okay. Joe sits over on the sidelines. Nobody knows Joe Horn. Seriously? Nobody knows. <laughs> and he's just over here barking at his son. The moment his son, he's like, hey, three step. Get your three step. Step to the target. He's like going all these things all the time. Like really? Joe's like. Like quietly coaching from the sidelines. Quietly coaching the whole time he's out there. Beautiful. Right? And so. I'm such a big fan. I should have put Joe as my number 87. That's really good. So who was it then? Uh, it's actually Dwight Clark, oh, wide receiver, so San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I grew up a 49ers fan. I always remember Dwight Clark just because of the catch uh -huh. back of the end zone versus Dallas. Yep. Joe Montana, Bill Walsh, that whole regime back then. And uh, I actually got to meet him. So it was just really cool. Um Experiencely, and so for me, I'm going with number 87, Dwight Clark, one of the greatest to ever do it. And uh, there's so many other names. You got Reggie Wayne. You got Rob Gronkowski. Travis it, Kelsey. You got Travis Kelsey. You know, so it, it's – say Reggie Wayne? I did say okay, Reggie Wayne. Okay, you did. Yeah, you did. Um, so it's plenty of number 87s out there. You can go a million different ways. But for Ed me, McCaffrey. Ed McCaffrey. Shout out to him. You know what I love Ed McCaffrey? Because he was like the guy that never wore gloves. I'm like, I didn't know who he was. But on the video game, I was like, who's this white guy with no gloves? Like, every, tough son of a bitch, that's it. Got to be a tough son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With an M. Not, not, not with an N, but uh -uh. with an M. Right. You know what I mean? Some of a bitch. Some of a bitch. Yeah. Ain't that no N one. in there. No, ain't no N in there, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you see that, you're like, shit, who is this guy? <laughs> All right. It's a tough motherfucker right yeah, there. I mean, no gloves. Gotta be. It's cold out there in Denver. And this motherfucker ain't got no gloves on, Kyle. So these are the little things that it's just so funny because I've got to meet a lot of these people and and just throughout time it's it's crazy to me. Like the little things that when I was such a, a young man or a little boy watching football growing up, the things that stuck with me in my mind forever. Yeah. And, like, Ed McCaffrey, oh, no gloves. And he's one of those guys, too, not, not to pivot, pivot too hard, but, like, you see him, and it's like, oh, he stayed in really good shape. He's big as he shit. He stayed in really good I don't know shape. How, I don't know how Christian's so small. I don't know. Maybe his mama. I don't you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, possibly. Great athlete. Yeah. But his dad's, like, 6'4". Yeah. Like, 
Well, I got see. I mean, I got to worry about that, right? I, I love my in-laws, but like all the men in my family are tall, and my my father-in-law is like five six, five, oh, five no. seven. So like, I got to keep an eye on that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm hoping one of the girls get that. Yeah, yeah. And my man's gets the six like, four jeans. You know what don't I mean? Let, don't let this one guy <laughs> bring the whole just, empire down. I, I want them to have everything about my father-in-law. Just you know, let them ha- let him have my six two six three. How about yeah, that's yeah. all I'm asking for, right? But you no, have just that. Just don't do that. Don't do that. That's all, right? I mean, she could be awesome just for his sake let him get the 6-2 gene but you like you've stayed in good shape you work out a lot right a lot of yeah. ex-NFL guys fall apart when they get done with football because like all the, the the accumulation of the injuries they don't want to work out anymore they've been doing that their entire life but you can see the guys who've really stayed after it you know when the guys are like you know what I did all this for for 30 years fuck this I'm done well it's crazy because you know like my wife even jokes she was like hey look you know you got to do things in repetition to get used to it build yep. up this whole mindset your body da 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 and he's like you know look at your dad she's like your dad's worked out for like over half his whole life makes a difference and so he can stop for a little bit and stop and he just goes his body just goes right back because yeah. it just knows like oh this is, this, oh, what we this do. is what we do yeah and so that's what happens with a lot of football guys and a lot of former athletes as long as they continue to you know i saw the the david beckham uh thing on netflix the other day uh watching the episode with my kids and like Dude, he's like 48, still hitting, still bending the ball like a mug. You know oh, yeah. I mean? Like banging it out there in the backyard with his son, just like. Yeah. You know. It's like we talked about T.O. Talking trash his son. T.O. still around a 4 or 5 at 48 years old. I mean, that's stupid. Yeah, and Stupid just got hit by a car the other day, too. Oh, that's so. right. He did, didn't he? I forgot <laughs> yeah, about that. My brother talked to him. He's all, he's all good. But you just got to understand, you know, people are sensitive nowadays. You can't just be. T.O.'s talking off. shit in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and somebody just hit be, him with their car outside. You can't just be. Popping off no more. Things are weird nowadays. You got to, like. These dudes will try you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and they gonna, they're not going to try you with their hands. They're going to pull a gun. They're going to get car. a weapon or a car. Yeah. So, and when we say he got hit by a car, we don't mean like a, a vehicle traffic accident. <laughs> we mean like a man hit T.O.'s body with a car. Yes. That's yes. Out of in retaliation. Yes. In the parking lot. No, I mean, it's. Like, I was just thinking about that a bit this morning because uh, your boy just came from the stem cell clinic oh, on yeah. the way here. I got. Uh, 37 going on 38 years old. I got a dose of arthritis in my right hip. And you like the look on my face when they told me that like two weeks ago. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm in my 30s. What do you mean I have arthritis in my, my right hip? And they're like, yeah, just a lot of overuse probably. You know, a lot of – because, you know, I, I didn't play in the NFL, but I sports, labor, working out my wait, entire life. you got three kids. I know, right? So it's like overuse on my right hip. It's like, hold on. You're not supposed to tell me the word arthritis until I'm like 50 at least. What are you talking about? And then I found out how common it is. Very common. For though. dudes to develop arthritis, you know, especially if you're active and you do yeah. a lot of, you know. I, so I had my, my first stem cell injection into my, uh, my right hip this morning. Boy, that tickled on the inside. I mean, dude, that's really cool. I'm, I'm actually proud of you for continuing to work on those things, continue to try and be the best version of yourself. I think I almost called you Cole for a second, my other partner in crime in another show, but sorry about that. Kyle. Cole Kubelik? Yeah, yeah. Kyle, I, Cole. I, I, I know Cole. I, I don't even know if you heard it now. I'm going to text Cole. I'm going to get Cole on today. Let's do that. But you know what? Do that. He's I'm going to uh, text Cole right now and say, hey, I'm sitting with your boy Roman Harper. He has demanded you come on my radio show today. Deal. Deal. I love that. We're texting Cole Kubelik live on the on – the, but no, back to the point. Like, it's but, like, but sorry, uh, about you know taking care of your body. And, you know, so Kyle, I was 30 – well, 29, 30, 31 – and, you know, they're checking on my knee. I've already had, like, that was going off my second knee surgery. And, like, and like it, it cracks, and they call it crepitus. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so every time I move, it's like crepitus. Heard of that. Yeah. And so, and then I'm like, what is that? They're like, really and truthfully, like m- most athletes who play like you have, and like they all have it. And I was like, well, what does it mean? They're like, it's just early stage, early stage arthritis. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hold on. So you saying I'm 30 years old and I already got it? Like, oh yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> like, like, you definitely have arthritis. Yes. Like, you're gonna have an arthritic knee. Like, when for the it rest rains, of you. yeah, suck yeah, yeah. The whole, yeah, you're done. Like, I was like 29. I'm like, hold on. I thought this was like an old people's thing. Like, oh no. Yeah. Not you. So, yeah, man. Welcome to the club. That was and a wake up call, man. It was it's, like- it's part of it. And what you got to do is learn how to strengthen other smaller muscles yep. around your around your arthritic areas to try and take pressure off those places. So for me, with my knee, it's more work on my quad, continue to work on my hamstring, growth, mm-hmm. uh, continue to get my keep my glutes firing and uh, making sure that my hip flexors are strong. So then it's taking all these other pressures and things off of the, the big the big things, which is my knee. So continue to work on calves and ankle mobility. All those little nuances are what helps just prolong you. Not saying, I'm not going to have to have a knee replacement when I'm 50-something. Yeah. But if I can continue to extend this thing, keep my weight down, that's another thing, too, Dr. Andrews had talked to me about. Sorry, I'm just name-dropping. No, I'm with you on the, this. You know, the most famous doctor. The uh, Dr. James <laughs> Andrews. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So The good doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, you know, but these are the things that he's always told me and that every time I see him on a random sideline on a college football Saturday – um, he's like, hey, yeah, checking on me, see how I'm doing, how's my knee feeling, and all those other things. It so, requires some yes. discipline, and I think it happens to a lot of guys at this age because, like, you realize, okay, I'm not the athlete I was. I'm not the I, I was. I'm just not as young as I used to be. But like for me and for you, we still got young kids. We got to chase around. Like they no still want to play ball in the backyard. They're still going to want to go all day long. How do you ensure that you're doing that? And for me, it's like, man, the last several months, especially once I started to emerge from this, you know, mountain of injuries that I've been coming out from under. It's like, all right, I got to get back to the basics. I, I have to, inc- I have to incorporate obviously more stretching, more calisthenics, right? Just, just the basics on top of all the other stuff that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was a day where it's like, all right, well, let's go put, you know, three fifteen, three eighty five on the bar, and you know, let's let's see how much we can squat and for how long. And now it's like, all right, I, you know, I'm a heavy kettlebell guy now, and so I'll rack two kettlebells in a front rack position. I'm 175 pounds, but I'm doing front squats where I'm focusing on form. In depth. In depth. And the first time I tried to do that a few months ago, I'm getting back into it. I thought my hip was going to break in half. And I was like, what is happening here? And so that's when I go see, you know, the folks at Neogenics. Shout out to Neogenics. I know they've worked with Thomas Davis. Shout out. Coach Matt Darty, Neogenics, they've been awesome to me. And they were like, nah, bro, you got a little uh, arthritis in your hip. That's why it hurts so damn much to get deep into a squat. And it didn't hurt. It used to hurt. So um, that's where I am. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm happy for you, Kyle. Um, uh, You're doing the uh, stem cells. Yeah. It's crazy because. Dr. Andrews gave me stem cells all the way back in 2013. Has it been that long? It's <laughs> yeah. been 10 years, really? Yeah. I when, got, did, when did Kobe first do this and everybody so was like, he's he went, cheating. He's cheating. He went a couple <laughs> years before that, but he went to Germany. He Germany's did. where you get the purest because here in America, we can't use um, dead fetuses or or any of those things sure. like they do in foreign countries. So in Germany, they can use fetuses. And so – because fetuses are, are better, and that's only it's because purest form of stem cell, it's the yeah. purest form. Because once it go, once your body goes to a certain spot, like that's what it's used for. Right. And so my stem cells that go to my knee are the purest, but only for the knee. Right. And so I can't take from my hip and put it in my knee. It's just not as pure. It's good. Right. It'll help, but it's not as pure. And so that's what it is. So what they did was they took a little piece of 
bone marrow out of my that's what I'm back of my hip. Friday. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What I'm getting done next. They Friday. take a little bit of bone marrow out of your hip. Yep. Usually on the same side as where wherever your problem areas may be con- or concerned areas are at. So they take it from that same side because that's the closest they can do. Yep. They're like the bone marrow inside the hip is the purest that we can try and use it at any other place because if I take from the elbow, it's just not as good as the, for the knee or you take from the knee it's not as good for the shoulder or anywhere else so they go from the hip and this was the the this what they used all the way back in 2013 for me yep and so i'm glad that you're still yeah that it's all kind of same but that's like the best of what they could do and andrews at the time was telling me like hey this is what's really it's going to be the next wave it's really good but this is all we can do right now here in america he's like now if you want like the real deal you got to be like kobe and go spend like yeah. you know whatever you're going to spend a lot of money a lot of money and go to germany and then you can get like oh I yeah mean, like, so they gave the, me the prep shot this morning right uh, and yeah so they, they slide that needle through the muscle and like it was i felt it go like i got that that deep um numbing shot right yeah and so then they slide that needle through the, the muscle and it's like whoo that's a feeling that you know you don't feel very often especially when it's in your hip so like it took the breath away for a second yeah uh, but then it all went numb and i got the prep shot and i'm going back next week for the and i forget the exact name of but it's the exact same thing you're talking about yeah they take a little fat out of your ass right, or your lower back. They yep. take the bone marrow out of your hip, and they put that bad boy in there, and they're like, you might want to take the day off work when we yes, do this. Yes, for sure. Uh, for me, it was it was during my whole rehabbing and my whole process of after my surgery, my second knee surgery, he told me exactly what he was doing. And that was, you know, he was shaving down the bone, fixing the cartilage in my knee that I had torn because um, I had bone bruise. So instead of it where my your two knee knee joints meet both of them being circular um i had a bone bruise so it had knocked it chipped it a little bit so now it looked like the top of your knuckles if you make a fist kyle you see how those rivets right there so that was one bone the other one was smooth and because one was it was fran where all the cartilage in my knee and that's what was causing the swelling in my knee constantly i'm like what the, what the hell's going on yeah and and so he comes in he's like look you need surgery i played on sunday literally had surgery on tuesday because they were like dude this is not right so um and so Andrews flew me down. Well, I flew down. Andrews took care of me on Tuesday. He shaved down my bone, fixed the meniscus, which, which I he saved and was not torn in 2006 when he did my just my ACL surgery. He's like, it's meniscus is all right. I'm not gonna mess with it, but you know, we'll see what happens. And yep. then, you know, was that seven years later? He fixes it for me. Yep. Cleans it up, and he gave me Cinevis as well, which is man-made cartilage. So he shoots me up with some Cinevis, gives me my own stem cell shot, boom, to try and help promote the healing and get it going, sends me out the door. And so I, I had all of this in 2013. I'm glad that you're doing it because, dude, it truly works, and it helps promote all the healing and all these other things. And yep. Just trying to get you back right, bro. I like that you're taking care of yourself. Well, KD. I mean, I got to get back to, you know, I, I, I want to be that dude. That's that, funny. I'm telling my own personal story. I know, but, but like, I want to be the guy 45 years old in the gym that the 25-year-old dudes are looking at like, oh, okay. This guy's, he's old. How does he look like that? You know, no doubt. So I'm, I'm working my way back toward that. But like, you know, hip shit will fuck you up. And, um, you know, I've just, seriously, I mean, just stretching, man, trying to get into a deep squat, you know, just trying to get back to a point. It's like, why does that hurt so fucking You might much? need to check your ankle mobility too. It's actually better than you think it is. It was, okay. mo- we looked, it was mostly hip, but I'm getting back into it. And it was funny because, you know, you're saying you do that in 2013, right? There's been a lot yeah. of research and a lot of advancement in stem cell research and stem cell therapies, but, um, you know, it's still not covered by insurance. I don't know if you knew that or not. You still, you can get the x-rays, the evaluations, you know, the prep shots, all that stuff insurance will cover, but the actual stem cell therapy, they won't cover it. I didn't still know 10 years later, 
Now, of course, for me, I mean, full disclosure, like, you know, the, the folks at Neogenics heard me on the air talking about all these fucking injuries I've been incurring. They're like, hey, we think we can help you. Come on in. You know, I'm working with them on an endorsement advertising type of, of front. So hey, it's a drop, little... drop your boy's name next time. Well, no, I, I, absolutely, because you know that Thomas Davis swears by Neogenics. Thomas Davis swears that they help, you know, get his knee to a point where he could comfortably move around in his retirement. And, you know, Coach Matt Darty, former Tar Heels head coach, he's been there working with them too. And so um, I'm excited to work with them, and I think it's going to be awesome. But funny story, I walked in this morning. You'll appreciate this. And I was in a hurry this morning, right? Got up in the dark. I was packing lunch, making coffees, all this other stuff. Because uh, I'm up at the lake now, and it's a haul to get into the city. It is a haul. And so, you know, I get dressed, hop out the shower, throw my jeans on. I get to the clinic this morning, get my shot. And they're like, all right, so you got boxers, you got briefs on, what are we going to do? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm commando right now, dog. Like, I'm, I'm just, you know, freeballing this thing. Um, <laughs> and they started laughing at me. And they were like, luckily for you, we got a pair of shorts. Like, I had a gym bag with Under Armour compression shorts in it. But I was like, no, nah, I just kind of jumped out of the shower and threw jeans on. Didn't really think that much about it. And I'm um, walking in like, oh, I'm supposed to have drawers on right now. And I don't have drawers on right now. <laughs> Charles Barkley would have been proud. <laughs> I mean... I'm not mad. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, Listen, bro, got, you do what you do. Me and Barkley agree on this, all right? Unless I'm, in, unless I'm working out and or playing ball, unless I'm going to, in a suit and super thin material, eh, I don't really need them most of the time. Dude, I, I get feel it. freer that way. I don't like being bunched up. It's all good, bro. Like, to each their own. You know what I'm we saying? Went from my medical procedure to my lack of underwear in the first 10 minutes of the show. It's going I well. I mean, it's got to kind of be a little bit embarrassing for any of those that get called in that situation. I mean, I'm not really that kind of guy, though. You know me. They, yeah. Because, like, there was, a, there was a woman in the room with the, uh, I guess, the doctor, and they both looked at me, and they were like, oh, you're not wearing any underwear? And I was like, no. It's 50-50 most of the time, quite frankly. What did the woman say? She kind of snickered and turned around. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's why she just kind of snickered and turned around. Hey, man, it's all good. Yeah, you know. Well, Kyle, I mean, if you think if you don't think she texts somebody, don't worry. We just told everybody. That's all right. It's all I'm good. an open book, baby. I, I love it, dog. I'm, I mean, I hell, I'm that. doing Blue Chew reads on the air right now. I mean, I'm, I'm endorsing a boner pill right now on the radio, Blue Chew. So, I mean, not a whole lot embarrasses me, big guy. No, nah, man, you got to put yourself <laughs> out there. Because I told you, I'm not even about the Roman pill. First of all, I was first. Okay. You were first. Yeah. I was first. All right. I'm probably one of the original Romans in the States, honestly. It's not a lot of Romans. Uh, you know, a couple, you know, I knew a couple football players growing up who I looked up to that had the name Roman, but it's not a lot of us over here. Yeah. It's a way more popular name now. Is it? Yeah, it is. I, I think so. I see more Romans now. Uh, this lady, uh, the past two weeks, uh, the past few weeks. So we went to, remember, we went to College Station. Uh huh. Uh, on for a show this past week we're in Knoxville Tennessee how was that they're playing against Texas A&M yeah yeah and the same lady her son's name's Roman he like waited all all show to like come up and get an autograph from me and then she was at the damn thing again and she like came up to me again I remembered I'm like that's dope yeah your son's Roman like so it, you know it's just way more popular so when you were a kid if you stopped at a gas station or like a welcome center with the keychain names and stuff did you ever find roman never on, never not one time see my wife was giving me shit about that just last night right so we're watching a show and not one like, time the name camille pops up and she's like it's nice to finally have some fucking representation in these shows and i'm like <laughs> and i look over at him like you don't have some exotic name that nobody's ever heard of and she was like your name's kyle you were on every single one of those keychain things again no was, doubt and i was like okay i guess that's true but there was no Camille, no Roman. Like these aren't exotic names that we're talking about. Never was there. I'm sorry for that. I'm it's sorry that happened. Never. To you. I wanted. Well, I used to want one of those. I mean, dude, if I could just get an R, 
You know what I'm saying? It was like, fuck, all right, that's as close as I'm going to get. Yeah. But yeah, never a Roman. There was never. And you know, and we, I had my representation. The first one was what? Uh, Fast and the Furious when Tyrese's dude, his name was Roman. That's true. Which I was like. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that was the first time we, I, we, I had been represented. In Wait, what was that? Way. You're not impressed by Tyrese or no? Yeah. Because like, you know. I mean, by that time, I'd already kind of started to establish myself. Oh, okay. So, so he's a he's a knockoff. Like, it doesn't yeah. do anything for you. It doesn't do anything for me. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Okay. But, you know, so that was it. Well, I mean, as a Kyle, I'm pretty much always associated with dudes with ADHD and Monster Energy drinks. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's like skateboarders. That, that, that's, that's the stereotypical Kyle, apparently, on the internet. So, yeah. You know. I mean, it's better than being a Brad or a Chad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like the, I like the way you look at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've known some decent Chads. Oh, but I've I got a, a great friend of mine named Chad. Grew up with, you know, Chad Crawford. Great guy. What's Shout the ratio of bad Chad to good Chad, though? Eight to one, 10 to one, Dude, 20 to I one? I didn't even know this Brad Chad thing was a thing, Kyle, until like I, I, three I years never, ago. I knew Chad was a thing. I didn't know Brad was a thing. Yeah, Brad and Chad. That's, they're like, you know. I'll be damned. I just call like, you know, mostly kind of fratty. I know a lot of really guys, good Brads. Know? I mean, I've, I've met some, some dicey Chads for sure. <laughs> All right. I, I don't think they're like personality wise. It's like, oh, it's a Brad and a Chad. I think it's just like frat guys and like you know the short shorts with the, you know what I mean. Let's talk about a Shane for a second, shall we? All right. You know what Shane? Shane Beamer, your boy Feinbaum went after Shane Beamer yesterday for, oh, for breaking dude. his foot in the locker room. I heard about this. Okay, so people, what happened? He was like, maybe if he was, uh, and I'm paraphrasing. He was mad? My, my, my laptop just died, so I'm gonna have to look this up. But basically, you know, Paul Feinbaum went after Shane Beamer, and a lot of people are right now. Um, because, you know, Shane said he kicked something in the, the visiting locker room on Saturday and broke his foot, right? I don't know if you saw this or not. He broke a, fo- he broke a bone in his foot. Uh, they blew that lead to Florida. They were up 37-27, should have won the game. And, um, you know, that was that. But instead they blow the lead. Shane Beamer gets pissed in the locker room, apparently kicks something, breaks his foot. Uh, Feinbaum, here it is. He said yesterday, quote, I don't really know what to say. I mean, this guy was laughing about it, cajoling. I think it was like a high school frat prank. This is a head football coach at a major SEC school, and he breaks his foot in frustration. If he had shown half that effort in trying to stop Florida from blowing them to pieces at the end of that game, I think maybe the season wouldn't be on the brink of going straight down the toilet. That was really incredible, end quote. Now, I like Paul a lot. I really like Paul, always have. That's bullshit, all right? (laughs) Now, you could say Shane's too emotional, right? Maybe he needs to be a little bit less. Okay, fine. But how many times do you see college football coaches throwing fucking tantrums on the sideline? Nick Saban does it all the fucking time. All the time. Like coaches losing their shit on the sidelines. And Shane, in private, in the locker room, kicked the hell out of something apparently that he shouldn't have kicked that was way too hard for his foot and broke it. And now he may or may not get to roll up and down the sideline on a scooter like Ron Hunter from Georgia State a couple of years ago. I'm hoping it's a scooter, by the way. Oh, man. The I Ron really Hunter, that was great. That was really good. NCAA tournament, yeah, yeah, that was Georgia so good. State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's his on son, a scooter. His son makes the shot. He's like going crazy. Yes. Falling all everywhere. If with Shane a, Beamer can't has even move. any sense of humor at all, and I think he does, he will be on a scooter on the sideline on Saturday, right? Um, but backing out, it's like, so, so, so hold on, let me address this. Cause you're a former player. Me and Paul are not right. So when Paul says, you know, if he'd shown half that effort in trying to stop Florida from blowing them to pieces at the end of that game, full stop, what does that have to do with anything? So, look, first of all, this is the power of Paul Feinbaum. I know. All right. This is what he does. All right. He knows how to stir the pot, rile them up, rile them up, rattle the cages just a little bit. This is like what he does. And he hasn't had a lot to be angry about. The things that he wants to get fired up about, you know, Billy Napier and the struggles. Up, oh, Florida wins. So he can't rattle that cage, mm-hmm. right? Texas A&M, are they going to fire Jimbo? The big buyout. 
That's what he wants to fire up. Oh, I don't know if I, that one that one doesn't work as good because they just like barely lost to like mm, Tennessee, who wasn't that impressive offensively. Yeah. You know, that's just not getting the traction that he wants. So, how else can I hot take it? And the, oh, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me Shane Beamer broke his foot <laughs> kicking something in the locker room after a game? What? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me go fire that one up right yeah. now. Let me put that one on the pot on boil. Yep. Boom. Throw it in there, and this is what you get. Classic Paul Feinbaum. Whatever I can do to get the callers and the rattlers, just rattle them up a little bit. All right? Stir the pot a little bit. And I need a little bit of South Carolina hate time right now. But I will tell you this. I am less impressed by the South Carolina hate than I am of other teams. Okay? okay. South Carolina has won, what is their record? Two and four? Yeah. The, the, you know how many, comb- in their four losses, South Carolina's four losses this season, their teams that they have lost to have lost a combined total games of three. All right? You're Undefe- saying they're losing to good teams. Losing to great teams. Undefeated North Carolina. Yeah. Loss. Undefeated Georgia. Loss. Loss. Tennessee. Two losses. Okay. Florida. No. Florida. Two losses. So four total losses. No, no, no. Florida's two losses. Okay. Tennessee one. Tennessee, Tennessee one. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Three losses in four and out of the four teams they lost to. They these teams got three losses. Right. So South and they had Florida. They were up ten with nine minutes to go in the game. I'm like, how y'all lose it? What's going on? Yeah. And it's just like, ah. And I I knew all year long South Carolina was going to be on this, like, you know, this roller coaster that, hey, they could lose eight games, they could win eight games. But I just don't, you know. Spencer Rattler's playing way so much better than at any point. He's having a good year. He's having a good year on a bad team. All right. Same thing can be said about – K.J. Jefferson of Arkansas. That's true. Having a good year on a bad team. These are the things that are happening. And right now, Kyle, I would love to switch angles on this whole thing. And please, say, hey, look, please, pivot. You know, is the Pac-12 really as great as we're giving them all the credit for? Oh. Because, because – Can't y'all SEC guys just let the Pac-12 shine for a minute? It ain't going to last. <laughs> of course it's not going to last. They're done after this year. So just give them a moment. It, no, but it's like this. No, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> I because they haven't played anybody until just now. Their real schedule <laughs> and meat potatoes of their schedule just click kicked off last week. Okay. So I want to see when all the pillaging and all the rivalries and all that stuff plays and all the Pac-12 after dark stuff happens to see where they're at. See who's lost to who. Because that's always been the Pac-12's thing is that, hey, I'm good until I play somebody. And then, ah, not that good anymore. Yeah. USC looked like terrible. They looked like hot dog water versus Notre Dame. Hot dog water. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know what I mean? That's one of my favorite analogies. <laughs> yes. Keep that, going. That's what they looked like the other day. And USC, up until that time, people talked about that they were in title contention. Only because of the quarterback. Their defense is atrocious. Lincoln Riley does not take enough heat for that. I'm with you on that. And he, he and he's never, never has, a has a defense. Never has a defense. Doesn't even care if about it. If he can't outscore you, he can't beat you. Hadn't seen it done yet. Yeah. And he does a lot of outscoring, by the way, historically. I'll give him credit for that, absolutely. 
But, you know, Caleb Williams threw three picks in the first half a couple of days ago. And I've, I've been very soft in how I approach this throughout the course of the season. Because anytime I brought it up, I get pushback. I believe Drake May is the best quarterback prospect in the country. I understand there are people who disagree with me vehemently on that and support. I like Caleb Williams a lot. I just think Drake May is the best quarterback prospect in the country. We can debate that. Michael Panix is really, really good, too, in Washington. I hate his throw. Man. I know you do. I, I, we've talked about that. But the, the point is, like, I, I'm looking at USC like you, and I was looking a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I don't, they don't scare me. Like, Caleb Williams, if he's on, if he's hot, yeah, he'll cook you for sure. For but sure. if he's even having a, a B-minus day, they're incredibly beatable as a football team. And we saw that again over the weekend. So Yeah, um, Notre Dame lined up in the reverse punched wishbone. Punched in the throat. 13, 14 personnel. For those that don't know, it's like one running back, three tight ends, one running back, All the tight four ends. tight ends. Yes. Everybody on the roster's in, and we're going right downhill. Yes. And we're going to try and get three three yards in a cloud of dust, and instead we'll probably get six. I'm with you. Because USC can't stop anybody. So that looked bad. Oregon, Washington, great back and forth battle. But honestly, like, man, who's Oregon beat that's been really that good? Timeout. Because I got to ask you, I think, a much more interesting question than this. And it's a shoot off of Caleb Williams. Have you seen the news this morning? No. <laughs> You're going to. Oh, like oh this. that he wants a piece of he the. He wants partial ownership of the. Dude. This guy's getting terrible advice. Terrible advice. The terrible fact that you say that, advice. somebody's not going to draft you. So, if, if, if for anybody listening who maybe hasn't seen the uh, the news yet, there was a report this morning. Like, what makes him so good? Well, thank you. I mean, and it's not only that. You are a rookie. You have done nothing in the NFL. Nothing. You haven't even played in the NFL to this point. And some are thinking. Did he say that? Or So, so Dove Kleeman was the first to report it. And I want to find this. But here it is. Dove Kleeman report. Um, I think it's actually Pro Football Talk is where it originated. That Caleb Williams wants partial ownership from the NFL team that will select him. Uh, PFT reported in July that Caleb's representatives had been making it known that Williams wants partial ownership of the team that selects him in 2024 if he declares for the draft. Additionally, Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers also attempted to secure equity during his contract discussions with the Jets, but the NFL stepped in to say that that isn't allowed. Okay, setting aside the fact that if Aaron Rodgers can't get it, what, what, does, what makes Caleb Williams think that he's going to get that? Um, and obviously, Aaron Rodgers has spent the better part of 20 years in the league. He's been around for a long time, uh, has won a Super Bowl and multiple MVPs. I mean, it's so ridiculous that it doesn't even seem like it's real. And there are some folks that are that are you know predicting that maybe this is him trying to scare off top teams because he doesn't want to go to a terrible situation like Chicago. And he's hoping to, let's say, fall like Deshaun Watson did or like Patrick Mahomes did, you know, just outside the top 10 to a better situation. You know, because there are players who think like that anymore they, these days. They don't think that being number one is necessarily worth going to a dumpster fire organization. You know, and that maybe this is Caleb Williams and company trying to force himself to tumble a bit in the draft so that he lands in a better situation. Do you buy that? Because, I mean, even that's far-fetched, but it's not as crazy as asking for partial ownership of a team before you've played a single snap in the NFL. I, I don't buy that part that he's like, oh, I'm saying this because, like, I have this grand scheme to where I'm a – help make myself fall in the draft. So he's just delusional then. I think it's just delusional. I, I, it, when I saw that, I'm like, there's no way this kid actually said that or it came out of his mouth. And supposedly, I guess it's the representatives. Look, I would just say, come on, man. Like, bro, you ain't even put in on this. Right. 
You ain't even put in on this. You don't even have any sweat equity in the NFL yet. No. And you show like, up demanding things. Yeah. Like, that's like, crazy. That is the quickest way to lose your teammates. The, whatever locker room you go into, bro, I'm telling you, it's grown men in there. Yeah. And respect is earned, never given. You got to go out there and earn the respect of your teammates. Just because you show up as some five-star, this other player, some whatever college, like nobody gives a damn about mm. any of that in the NFL locker room. No. They do not care. We don't care how you got here. We don't care what you do really with like your sexual orientation or any of the political views. Nobody cares. Can you help me win a game? Can you help me win a game? That is what people care about. And so – if he can help them win a game, okay, we can talk about some stuff. You will be accepted. But if you come in here like I'm, I, you know, I'm already like that him, and bro, you ain't done nothing, and you don't, and then you you throw some interceptions and you cost us, you will lose so much respect. And so you just got to understand, man. Like you are a rookie. Every person that walked in here at some point in time had to go through what you're going to have to go through. Yeah, that's rookie duties. That's being having to get up and stand and sing and like talk about like getting hazed a little bit like right that, passage that's Paying the right dues. yeah that's what you do and like for those that don't they don't stick around long Kyle and they don't have a lot of success right I've never heard of it where guys that are like anti all these other things and like oh they still shined at the end and all their teammates like them and appreciate them too never seen it you can't win enough games to override all the bad it just doesn't happen like it, I, I just have not seen or heard of the case yet. At some point, all that stuff catches up to you, and you end up shot, falling short of whatever that main goal or wherever we thought you were going to be. You just never achieve it. So well, it, it I, sure. I just hated it when I read it yesterday. I saw it. I was I was really just disappointed because, like you said, I'm like, bro, you ain't even put in on this. Right. You, you have you come no here, time in the league. No. And, and you, you want a piece of it already. Yeah. I'm Do like, bro, and when I hear stuff like that, I worry that those people care less about being a football player and worry more about what being a football player provides them. Oh, yeah. Does oh, that yeah. that make sense? No, 100%. That was, said so, about, that was said about Ben Simmons when he got to the NBA. Like, those things, like, it's little flags or lights that's kind of flashing, and right. so – can his game overcome that? When you when you should be committed to this, are yes. you more interested in your portfolio, in your clothing line, in your whatever, yeah. right? And that's, you know, and not to bring it back closer to home here, I think that's an area where Bryce Young is exactly where he should be. Standing on the field waiting for all of his teammates to come off and shake hands, right? Um, accepting responsibility for every bad thing that's taken place so far, even though we can watch it and know that it's not on him, right? I saw a couple <laughs> pass rushes the other day. I was like, damn, this dude ain't got did, no time. Did you time. see the one where he hit Hayden Hurst on, like, in his hand in the end zone? Uh -oh. I mean, some dude, I forget who it was on Miami's defense, came like a scud missile. If you're watching the All-22 and Bryce's back is to you, uh -huh. came off what is, I guess, the defense's left side, but, you know, past the right tackle for Carolina. And Bryce had less than a second to get rid of the ball, and he still did. And the ball was in the neighborhood of Hayden Hurst, just a little bit too high. It hit him in the hands. But, dude, this blitz, it looked like a blitzing linebacker safety off the edge, hits Bryce as soon as the ball's coming out of his hands and sends him flying like a child, like out of the pocket. And Bryce just flies through the air like this, all limp-bodied and bounced and gets back up. But it's like, y'all can't keep letting that happen to him. Y'all can't keep letting that happen to him. He's little. Like, we, he, he can play, but he's little. Y'all can't keep letting that happen. That was, like, rule number one of drafting him. Protecting him. <laughs> That was like, of, above all things, like, hey, look, hey, look, if we're going to take this guy, 
Rule number one is we got to protect him. Yes. Correct? Correct. Is that like rule number one, Kyle? Yes. Do you remember Josh Lucas with the Saints organization? No. You don't remember him? Um, I'm going to pull up what his exact title was. You may not have, but I, was, I had a guy on my show yesterday, Tyler Dunn. Uh, Tyler runs his own long-form football journalism site called GoLongTD.com. He also hosts a podcast with Brett Favre. Uh, Tyler's a guy from Buffalo. He grew up in western New York, but randomly was a Charlotte Hornets fan growing up. Like, he's a really funny guy. He's a really The Hornets smart, had cool uniforms. They really did, right? <laughs> so, you know, Tyler's a really smart guy, loves football, does a lot of work with the Bills, does that, that podcast with Favre. But he's doing a series called Quarterbacks of the Future where he is tracking the progress of Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. And so he wrote sort of an assessment last week, like an update assessment after five weeks. He didn't include the Dolphins game in that. Um, but he wrote about it. And part of that was, and I want to make sure I get the name right. I believe it was Josh Lucas, but it was a member of the Saints front office for a good long while with the last name Lucas. I think it was Josh. Um, but he talked about specifically in the piece referencing Bryce Young. He said, I was with the Saints, and we always made it a priority to make sure our interior offensive line was always set, not just with war daddies up front to start, but with real depth because Drew Brees is not a big guy. And so the Saints were the first team to not pay tackles, but pay their guard center guard. Right, because their quarterback was barely six feet tall. Right, right. They were like, dude, we can get anybody just push somebody wide. Drew can step up. Drew's going to step up anyway. front middle's leaky, he's in trouble. Yeah, yeah, they were like, we must have great guard center guard. Mm -hmm. And center is like – Decent, but like guards, gotta have them. Gotta have them because that's like so important. And so y'all had Nick and Evans up. up there for years, yes, just getting yes. the job done, right? Yeah. Evans the two be top Hall of ones, yeah, the two top the ones Hall of Fame, right? Yes. And so that was the point he was making was we always had to make sure the middle was st- was was sturdy, so that you know, hey, if the, if we got a, you know pressure coming off the edge, well, Drew's gonna be fine. He can step up. Yeah, Bryce cannot step up. <laughs> He's stepping up into getting clubbed in the face. <laughs> Right now, dude, you watch some of this film, man, and like these guys. On I the watched interior. a couple of them, dude. I follow a couple of people, and it's kind of funny. I'm just like, dude, I mean, Cade like, Mays was out there fighting on Sunday. I'm gonna give him some credit. Like, I do think he was fighting, but like these guys sometimes can't pick up a simple stunt. And and you know, Bryce is just taking lick after lick. But when on the occasion that they give him time, what's he doing? Dots, dots. <laughs> I mean, you saw some of the throws that he made on Sunday, right? Yeah, they were really good. I, he he played better. Yes. Um, I didn't get to watch the game, but I talked to You've people. You've seen highlights. I got you. I, 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 well, not only that, but I talked to people that are, you know, still in the building. So, Of course. Yeah, so um, he's getting better. He's progressing in the right way. It was, it was, it was good. Um, and they still had a chance. They were only down, what, 21-14 after halftime. Should have been 17. They missed a the field goal. Yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden things start to unravel. And, like, you know, when you're not a good team, dude, like when things unravel, they go fast. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 and it's not even close. Things look good when you're playing with a lead. This yeah. team is not equipped to play from behind. No, and, and it's even funnier because I just – you know, the coolest moment to me, Kyle, was when I saw Tua and Bryce hugging and embracing after the game. Yeah. And uh, Waddle was right behind him. First of all, roll tide, like the family's deep. Um, but, man, like the opinion of Tua just, uh, just two years ago, yeah. It's just like, this dude can't play. He's, he's gotta, awful. He's awful. Get gotta, him out of here. Got to go. And so you got to be able to just stick with it, get him the right weapons around him. Like Tyreek Hill is changed to his whole career. And this whole him having Mike McDaniels, having Tua uh, with, with Tyreek, it, it's really just like this Miami offense is dangerous and they got tons of speed. They have built this thing to be everlasting. 
in Miami because of the way that they're building things there. So well, and the way really, that they're using him, Roman. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's I was, what I'm saying. Like everything. So like the Mike speed, McDaniel is a, the way they're doing everything. Like they're doing stuff that nobody else is doing, and that's why just a couple weeks ago, you're like, dude, we can't run none of those plays. Like I don't even know if we got the guys to do it, but we can't do none of that. And so whenever you have average fans or people that watch the game as much as you do, Kyle, saying like, man, why can't you incorporate something like that? Um, that means you know you're doing something really good. So, it, it, But I, I thought to me that was the coolest thing was Tua and Bryce embracing. Well, they've got so and, much and, misdirection going on that Miami backfield on top of the speed. Yes. Right. You already have to account for the speed of Mostert, who's – I mean, he was the backup. Devon Achan didn't even play this week. Did you know he was averaging 12.1 yards a carry coming into that game? Like that's so like, who A-Chain is. Yeah. yeah. Like people everybody well, like Well, most are still the starter but A-Chain's like the change of pace back which means he's just faster. Well, he's been clocked at the fastest speed on the field <laughs> yeah, all year in the like, NFL. So, yeah, you got to like, deal with Raheem Mostert, who people forget is blazing fast. He is fast. Tyreek Hill, blazing fast. Jalen Waddle can cook, right? I mean, though you well, Jalen Waddle's like blazing fast too. You can't say the other two are and he's not. That's what I'm just like, mixing it up. I yeah, mean, he can fly. You try to mix I mean, he's just mixing it up with the adjectives, but <laughs> okay. like how you already can't defend that most of the time. Yep. Carolina was down 3 of their 4 starters in the secondary, which does not help. Nope. Um and then just going back to your point about the offense. You know, you're watching it looks like CFL offense sometimes. In the way like the way that they're putting Tyreek Hill in motion in the backfield, right? Yeah. It looks like CFL stuff sometimes. And Panthers offense ain't doing that stuff. <laughs> You're not seeing nearly as much pre-snap motion, not nearly as much misdirection, right? I mean, I'm watching, you know, clips right now of some of what Miami's doing. There's constant motion and misdirection yeah. in the backfield. Yeah. And not only that, but, like, that causes so much communication to be everybody be on the same page. And you get three so, dudes yelling on the defensive side trying to bark, and then everybody's confused. No, yeah, but it's Tyreek Hill going in motion, like, 85% of the time. You already so got to be like, buttoned up to, to stop him anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you got to know where this guy's at at mm -hmm. all times. He's yeah. too fast to just let him just be somewhere. Yeah. And so um, – and then you even heard, like, on the NFL highlight film where he was, like, ran the wrong route. He was just like, you know what, I was just open, so I just turned around. And then two was just like, all right, just throw it to him anyway. And then he just – She was down there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, <laughs> off and running. So, it's like all of those little things. And when you're in a groove, everybody's in the same thing. And yeah. They're in a really good groove right now, dude. They're, they are cooking on Miami. But for Carolina's sake – Man, it's just really tough uh, with injuries. Like I said, when you're not winning or you're not considered a, when you're not a good team, like when things unravel, they unravel fast. They do. And also, good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find way to lose it. And so you got all these little things, but they are trying to improve. I think this bye week comes at a good time. You also had um, the head coach say that he's going to pass off the offensive play calling duties to Thomas Brown. Um, the offensive coordinator. So we're, we're going to see. Look, I was sold on it when he didn't know that um, – TMJ wasn't playing. <laughs> Terrace Marshall hadn't had a snap in the game. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? That means that lets me know you got way too much going on. That you don't know. Like, he hasn't even played. Like, that means you're, you're not – you're only like in this. You're only seeing. You're this. staring at the playbook. Yeah, you're, you're not managing the game. You're not managing. You're not seeing anything. You're only just looking at these little plays and how you can try and get advantage instead of like big picture. What are we doing? You're not running the ship when you're just driving and only looking right there in front of you. You yeah. got to be able to look at all the other lanes and everything out there in front of you. So I'm happy about that for Carolina, and we'll see how it goes. 
and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I already overlooked when he said he ran a play for Adam Thielen, and Adam Thielen was not in the game. I mean, when he says that in front of a microphone, I'm like, Frank Wright. Which was on, preposterous right. at first, because, like, shouldn't you have an offense that you're just running plays with multiple options? And then you, you watch, you know, a couple of weeks later, like, oh, Adam's the only guy making plays, so you have to call plays for Adam Thielen. He's <laughs> yeah. the only guy remotely getting open well, and making plays for his quarterback. Actually, no. Like, I want to have certain matchups. I'm calling certain plays with certain guys. Oh, I get that. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. Like, no, like. I want that. That's what Miami. Miami that. You don't think Miami's calling plays for Tyreek Hill? Yeah, but Tyreek Hill's a one, and Adam Thielen on a good team should be a three. Well, we ain't got that. I know that. We I traded away the one. But that's also a point, too. And, and something else you said about two a minute ago. I had Joe Rose from Miami on my show. Uh, or we Actually, we had him on the pregame show on Sunday. Joe's been doing morning radio down there for like two, 20 years, I think. But he was a former Dolphins tight end. Uh, big guy, still, you know, I think in his 60s. But he came on Sunday, and he played in the league for a long time. And he was like, listen, guys, you like, y'all need to calm down on Bryce Young down there. He's like, two years ago, he's like, and I got to call myself out. He's like, I went on the air. I was like, we drafted the wrong guy. We took the wrong guy. We made a mistake. It was, he's like, I was the one yelling that. And here we are two years later, and look at him. Like, he's vying for league MVP. Yeah. So, you know, it's, the NFL is really hard. Yes. And as smart as Bryce is and as accurate as Bryce is, you got to have help. Got to. You got to. And when you're not 6'4", 6'5", you know, 6'3", to 6'5", like Herbert and Josh Allen, where you can take that extra half tick in the pocket with defenders draped on you because you can see over everybody and you're strong enough to still deliver the football, you have to have a clean pocket and guys up front, to our point about New Orleans a minute ago, that's got to be an organizational priority. Yes. If it's not an organizational priority, then you did take the wrong guy because you're never going to put him in a a position to succeed. Yes. And they have to do better at that. Well, not only that, but when you look the part, People relax a little bit more. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And Bryce does not look the normal part of, like, this NFL quarterback who we have imagined and who we grew up watching. Like, he doesn't look like that either. So we already have this natural, like, judgment, prejudice, or, like, this lack of confidence because of that. Because we're already, you know, we're dating the one that doesn't look like everybody else's. So because of that, you're already a little bit self-conscious about that. So then the first things that start to happen, naturally, you start to question it more. And, and so that's another little thing that's starting to happen with this. Look, Kyle, I've been telling you this shit for months, okay? Yes. All right? I didn't even want to be on the bandwagon. But here you okay? are. But here I am. Here you are. So, but I'm emotionally, I'm, I'm not, not going anywhere. <laughs> but emotionally, Kyle, you know me, I'm not, I don't look at it like that. I just look at it for what it is, and I just call balls and strikes, but... Um, it, it's really, really, it's been very interesting, Kyle, to see this whole thing. And hey, hopefully, after the bye, Carolina can get a win. I mean, the best thing going on is that everybody else in the in the in the division's losing too. Yeah, Saints lost, Tampa lost, Atlanta lost. Dude, doesn't matter. No, it, what we thought was generally true. This division's kind of due to. But it's kind of terrible. The, the Panthers look like the worst team. I at, thought the Saints far. would be way ahead of schedule right now, and they are continuing to crash. They can't score. They can't score. They like can't score. You saw the stat that Carolina scored more points than anybody in the division through six weeks, right? That's How, bananas to me, and their offense is terrible. And, and it needs context, right? <laughs> like Carolina scored 112. I think uh, I think Atlanta scored maybe 100 or 90. I think maybe the Saints have scored 90 or 90. I forget exactly what it was. But, I mean, there's context there. Carolina's got some garbage points. Twelve of those belong to the defense. But it's still objectively funny to look and see that they have outscored the entire division and are 0-6. 0-6. But still only three games back. <laughs> hey, man. I, dude, I'm just trying to battle in my fantasy league. You know what I mean? Justin Jefferson getting hurt. Honk, Roman again. Justin Jefferson getting hurt really hurt my, hurt my squad. I'm trying to battle back. 
You know who I did pick up, though, who, who really helped me out? The former Carolina Panther himself, the wide receiver at Washington. What's his name? Uh, Not Curtis Samuel. Yes, Curtis Samuel. Kind of really kind of doing low key pretty good this year. Just saying, putting up points. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I haven't paid as much attention to Washington. Yeah, this, yeah, year. this is exactly why fantasy. This is what it does. To I you. I thought they had like more. I, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some box scores. I knew he was still on the team. But, yeah, this uh, is what it does. It makes you like, all the all the stories up there that I've paid attention to have been about Sam Howell. Um, he's doing well. Well, I mean, they seem to really like him. He takes a lot of sacks up there. He's young. He hadn't played. It's That's true. Good. That's true. Um, sidebar, because I, I just opened it up. I was looking for something I wanted to tell you about, but I just saw something horrific on my Twitter timeline that I quickly scrolled past. My wife looked at me last night, and when she opened up her phone on the, on the couch, she quickly put it down, and she was. And I said, "What happened?" And she was like, "It seems like every time I open up social media these days, I am assaulted by something that my eyes don't want to see." And I won't say what she saw because it, it's like objectively horrific. But like, are you sit? I know you don't get on social media as much, no, and I try not to too. But especially with this Israel, you know, Hamas deal going on right now and um, the attacks and the slaughter and everything, it just seems like social media is full of nothing but those images, people fighting over stuff constantly. I mean, I, I think it's been this way for a couple of years, um, and I, I try not to get caught up in the moment, but doesn't it feel like shit is even more tense now well, I, I than think it's been it's, the last couple of years? Well, I, I think the crazy thing is, is that... Um, Are people on your timeline fighting over this? No. no? Uh, well, I don't even know. You don't, you're not even checking. I'm not I don't blame checking. you. No, I don't, blame <laughs> I don't even know. I, I think the real interesting thing for me, though, is that I've done a little bit uh, deeper diving is that this, this fight's been going on for a long time. Long time. Um, and so um, all the way back, back to, like, the Bible-type years just about. And Israel's only been its own state for, like, 70 years or so, 70, 80 years, coming up on 80 years. So, um, and, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's really, really – interesting to see that every time there's even a thought of some kind of peace or some kind of calming something big or a big explosion happens right like somebody does something right yep and so you know israel was starting to have some kind of you know they were going to start to calm things down and have some kind of negotiations with saudi arabia all of a sudden boom 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 boom, boom. hamas attacks now everything's up in up in the blown up again in the Middle East, all right. And then President um, Biden is going to come over there. He's going to meet with Palestinian leaders. He's going to meet with Egypt. He's going to meet with um, a couple other countries. And all of a sudden, last night, a hospital gets blown up. Yep. Boom. Now everybody cancels with Biden. So Biden's just over there talking to Israel. He's like, dude, I came over here to talk to everybody over here. They don't want to talk to Joe Biden. They, I don't think they want to talk to anybody. No, I, generally speaking, I agree with that. You know but they don't want to talk to Joe Biden anyway. You know, half this conversation does not respect the West, much less want to talk to yes, them. Yes, but the fact is, like, this meeting was scheduled. It was scheduled, and then this happens, and now everybody's pointing fingers again. I just think it's a bad situation. It's a bad look. There, there is no I, – I don't have the answer, Kyle. I, I don't I – don't, that's what's sickening to me about it, too. Is that, is that, there, and that a lot of these people, the innocent people, are going to suffer. Well, you aren't seeing a lot of good faith discussions anyway. You know, in, in the social media realm, a lot of it's just engagement, farm, mm -hmm. or engagement farming where people are tweeting, you know, big opinions, even outrageous opinions just to elicit, 
you know, engagement because that's the kind of stuff that gets you paid on these social media sites. Correct. If you're a you know influencer or have a large following or whatever else, um, the number of people that I have seen already, you know, because I was I was really following along early just to see what the overall reaction would be. And it was, you know, at least um, somewhat illuminating to see pretty much right away all the major sports teams, you know, were, were producing and, and laying out statements in support of Israel. Um, you know, and I, I thought that was not unexpected in, in, in the United States, right? But um, most of the bigger entities that I've paid attention to have put out pro-Israel statements. Yes. But at the same time, you know, you have these universities, especially across the country, where these free Palestine rallies are taking place. And to watch that play out as part of the, uh, I guess, cultural zeitgeist, for lack of a better phrase, has been fascinating, right? And to I, I watched, um, oh, I watched a, a cut the other day. I think it was at Harvard. I, well, Hamas free Palestine, though. Well, it was funny because some of the intentional mischaracterizing of this debate, and it comes from people who purportedly know what they're talking about, you know, who are, are scholars, who are academics, you know, who have been studying this complicated, complex. Super, super. And it is that, right? Yes. But I heard on campus, I was listening to the clip the other day, I believe it was at Harvard, but I'll double check it. There was a speaker at a rally who basically, what he said was, he goes, when you go to a Black Lives Matter rally, you see pa free Palestine flags. When you go to a white supremacist rally, you see Israeli flags. And I nearly fell out of my chair. Really? I, oh, God. can you imagine a more deliberate mischaracterization <laughs> of that? In my, has, have you ever met a skinhead? You ever met a neo-Nazi? <laughs> Never known them to be pro-Jew in my life. You know, I'm not saying that I associate with them. I'm saying, you know, I follow the news. You know, I've read up, <laughs> seen some coverage, seen some movies. They said that. I, I'm, I'm taken back by that statement alone. I, again, like, right. It's like when you go to a Black Lives Matter rally, you see, you know, free Palestine. When you go to a white supremacist rally, you see Israeli flags. And that should tell you everything you need to know. And I, I've lost all respect for you and whatever knowledge you purport to have at the end of that sentence because what a ridiculous thing to say. Yes. And that's why I'm, I've kind of you know, removed myself from most of these conversations outside the realm of my own living room because I, they're I, not productive. But Kyle, literally up until last night, I felt like, okay, Joe Biden is going over there. That is really good because he's going over there with the whole, the whole defense as well, right? He's going with Anthony Blinken. All these, and they were supposed to meet with, like, all these other countries, talk to Egypt about, hey, maybe helping to uh, allow some of the Palestinians to come down through that corridor down in the south. And Egypt was like, bro, we don't want too many people, uh, Palestinians in here, just because, like, they don't want to radicalize. Yeah. Because they don't – because the thing is, is, like, Hamas is considered a terrorist group. All right, and well, like, yeah. and like, they look the same as everybody else. They don't wear army fatigues. They don't wear stuff that's like, oh, I'm Hamas. And like, you know what I mean? So like, right. Everybody looks the same, and so you don't know. And so Egypt's trying to protect themselves, and then you know, and, and uh, I understand Lebanon, the Lebanon from the north. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. They're supposed to be meeting with them. They were going to meet with Iran. It's like Are the Iranians funding this. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. It's just like, this? dude. And, and on the other side, like I know that I've seen the it's, polling. I've seen the polling where a lot of Gazans on the Strip are not pro Hamas. No, they're like, not. Hamas does not have a high approval rating. Right? No, no, no. But they got voted in in like 2006. But that was also the last election. And they haven't had an election since. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I let off with like, will Hamas allow the Palestinians to be free? and to allow themselves to kind of govern themselves? Or is it just this Iron Curtain-type deal over the, the Gazian Strip? What extremists do you know have ever been willing or, or you know, desiring to give up power? Yeah, you know man, any? Because I don't. It, it, I, I don't. You know, that's, that's, that can be said about a lot of things. It's just like, you know, when 
you know, once you get power, like how many people actually give it back? Well, it's, that and going back to the original, what you said about Biden, um, you can count me among those that have zero faith in that man going across the, the pond to, the, to that place and, and being effective in any way, shape or form. Yeah, I don't think um, they want to be affected by America. Well, I don't think they do either. And that's the other thing. You know, we, we've watched that play out. And it's been interesting to watch much of the leftist academic sphere of America align themselves with the free Palestine movement and, and Hamas effectively. Because I don't think many of the leftists and academic types have truly learned their lesson. Those people that you're, you know, you're rallying for, they want nothing to do with you. They find you. They, they think you're infidels. And I mean, they want to kill Israel. Well, but, like but, they but, want Israel. But I'm done. talking specifically about like the leftist okay. academic, you know, the folks that are holding the rallies at Harvard and Stanford yeah. and things like that. Um, these are they're, they're not really your allies here, in in ways that I thought would be obvious to that particular group of people, um, but yet they proceed anyway. And and I think that. I just Joe Biden is not the leader we need for this situation because the entire who, who aim of the there, who's the leader that I, I don't think we know who that person is yet. I really don't. But I think that that old feeble man is not going to go. He's not the representative of America that we need right now. And I don't think he's going over there to have any meaningful effect on any of this because I don't think they like you said they don't want our leadership. They don't want our involvement, and they're certainly not going to listen to an old man who can't find his way off the stage ninety percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just. The, the goal of America should be to do anything and everything possible to avoid any involvement in World War III right now. Because I, I, some days I feel like we're, you know, it's, it's hyperbole to say that we're getting close to that. And other days I think we actually are. And that should be what we're trying to avoid at all costs. But it doesn't seem like we're doing that because you got the Lindsey Grahams of the world going on TV saying, we ought to bomb them off the map. <laughs> Lindsey, shut up. Like just go somewhere else. Shut I just up. don't think that's that's going to work because it, it only it only promotes more American hate hatred. You know what I'm saying? And, sure. And so it, I I would love to say that we like democracy or, or being able to democratically like say like okay let's agree to some kind of terms and like hopefully this would be yeah. good. But they've tried this. They have tried this since like the 60s and the 70s, Kyle. Yeah. I, I was on YouTube yesterday. I listened to a 45-minute whole thing on like, and from the 60s, 70s, from the 50s, 60s, 70s to the 80s, and the video was like shot in the 80s and 90s, and they were like, dude, like when, the, when, it, was, when it wasn't Hamas, it was considered the PLO. And so when they got, they fought against Israel, Israel won, and they got sent up to like Lebanon. Then Lebanon, the Lebanese were like, bro. And it was a big f- fracture there because the, Leban- the Lebanese had like this whole Christian faction up there. And then it was just like, it got worse there. And yeah. they became like, instead of they just had these little pockets and then the pockets became more populated and then they became more militarized and then they became, and then it was just like, so now it's like there and it's like all around, you know, and Israel doesn't feel comfortable because like they got people that, Everybody's on their border that doesn't like – nobody likes everybody over there. And so it's just really well, – It's constant conflict. It's constant conflict. Nobody likes anybody over there. And um, Iran wants, you know <laughs> – Iran wants America done. And it's like, dude, and they're, like, and they're like slowly feeding everybody on the side – because they're making money now, and it's just like... And we got Warhawk politicians over here just chomping at the yeah. bit to get involved some way, somehow. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, dude, like... like sit down and shut up. Like, this, this, is, this is not our fight. I understand. It's one thing... Well, to first su- of all, we will always be aligned with Israel, right? Well, like, that's yeah, just what so. it is. Because, like, we've signed that. We've signed that. We've signed that book as a country. I don't disagree with that. We have signed that book. And I'm not saying what's right, wrong, or indifferent. I just know that 
America signed that book. And so I'm American. So it's just kind of like, you know, my brother gets into a fight down the street and like, fuck. You got to go. Whether I like it or not, I kind of got to go. Right. And, and like, and the same thing, it's like, well, they're moving ships over there, you know, just to like, hey, everybody just calm it down. Okay. Everybody calm it down. Just calm it down. And that's like, you know, if my brother gets to a fight, I got to go. Whether I have to stow a punch or not, yeah. I still got to go. And you yell at him after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, because I can't let him get jumped. Right. And that's what, that I feel like that's what we're doing right now. Well, there's also a question, too, of like, you know, Hamas parachuted into that, that music festival and oh, slaughtered yeah. people. They showed up on motorcycles and scooters yeah, yeah, yeah. and border towns. And, no doubt. You know, I, I don't, like, there are some Israeli citizens, I think, that are armed, but it's incredibly difficult to get a gun permit and to have one over there. And so they were sitting ducks. The, it people, was bad. They were sitting ducks. Like there was bad. no. From what I've gathered so far, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there there was no 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 one could you know run into the gun safe and you know start defending their their town or their no. community. And they were like going house to house, just like brutally murdering. Yeah, people. so like it, ab- so, savagely executing yeah, people in the yeah, streets. Yeah, yeah. And the extent to which some of the other stuff is true when it comes to babies and things like that, which makes your stomach turn. Like I, I've seen denials that it actually happened. I think even the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, you know, had said there's no confirmation that any of this happened. Um, others have shown pictures saying that it happened. Has. The thing about the internet is you, yeah, you don't, don't know. Yeah, I don't trust you. Me. Just don't know because it, it is so easy to doctor a photo. Yeah. It is so easy for you know for AI to you know to, to, to create something with AI and pass it along as truth on the internet. You and before it ever gets, you gonna blame AI now? Of course I will. Right. And before <laughs> it ever gets fact checked, it's made it halfway around the world or around the world three times, and everybody believes that it's true. And less than a percent of those people hear the correction, right, that it never actually happened. And by that point, there's war. And I saw somebody pointing out that, you know, during Saddam Hussein's reign and going back to the Gulf War, that there were similar accusations of, you know, uh, of you know, Gaddafi and, and Hussein's, you know, henchmen effectively doing the same thing, right? Murdering children and old people and things like that. And much of it did turn out to be propaganda to fuel the war machine, um, you know, to get people frothing at the mouth. And so you just don't know what to believe in this day and age. Um, we just spent like ten minutes on Israel and Hamas, and we still haven't solved the problem. So no, I, I, I like well, I let off with it. I, I know I don't have it. I, that's, I'm that's very what... intrigued by it, just because like man, uh, it's very interesting. It's like, hey, look, man, like you guys, like just, and we're not even talking about the Republican Party that can't even get a Speaker of the House yet. Like, like there's so much political dysfunction <laughs> that we can't even like, elect a Speaker. We can't even talk about our own. Yeah. There's so much political dysfunction that we can't even we, we can't even name a speaker in this country. Anymore. You know what it's like, dude. We are. I don't know. It's like y'all know Democrats and Republicans didn't agree 30 years ago too, but they could still get that done. They, they can still get that done. Right. But it's like their own little, um, their own on the inside, dude. They are infighting big time on the Republican side no right now. They that. they just you know, and it's like this small swath of people can control the whole thing because the margins are so small, and yep. they're like, dude, we, you know. Yep. They're like the this little. I'm not gonna call them spoiled brats, but it's it's something like that. Where like you can pitch a fit and then just mess up the whole party, you know? Oh, I, I the pol- politicians are the most useless and abominable strand species of human beings alive. They just are. I, I loathe all of them. The the older I get, I think they accomplish nothing. They're all talk. They're you know sociopathic, power hungry, just. Well, Kyle, I, I would call them uh, what I want to, but you know, yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you talking me off my my. My, uh, but I appreciate. The I was going to run for Congress uh, in 2020. Well, I would support you because I know you, but I also know the, the, the species of person that is attracted to political office these days. You don't really want to be a politician. You don't really want to be a part of the cogs of government wheels, do you? Doesn't that sound terrible to you? 
Doesn't that sound awful? Well, I think you talked me up. All right, good. All right, we'll do it next time. Uh, we'll talk to you then. We got to get out of here. I got to get to work. Roman's got to, he's always got to get to work. Yeah.